This is the room. The light switch is here. It's mostly for show. There's your Murphy bed. Don't mind the Epsteins. They keep to themselves. We're going to see Bobby Darren at the Copa tomorrow, right, Charlie? Bobby Darren tomorrow. This is the bathroom. But watch out. We got some bad roaches here. Hey, you're on our turf, man. Hey, man, I, I cut you. I cut you up so bad. You, you're going you're gonna to wish I no cut you up so bad. All right. Welcome to Talking Giants. Presented by John Boy Mead. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. Got a lot to talk about. We were expecting to go back to our regular uh, schedule, but we uh, the 53-man roster uh, cut down was the most controversial one that I've seen. Um, so we had to get into it. We obviously have been getting into it on Twitter. Uh, we haven't been that, haven't been that fiery on Twitter in a long, long time. I really think it's been since the Janoris Jenkins cut. So I mean, we'll get we'll get rolling in a second. But Justin, how are you doing? First, first, I will say thank you to Randy Johnson who is bringing. Um, us this this episode he is our newest patreon now the last one was by randy jackson and i think that they're starting to put their fake names in there now that we have a randy jackson and now a randy johnson but nonetheless we will we thank you randy johnson um amazing amazing pitcher he is uh our newest patreon uh patreon.com slash talking giants two dollars a month get a lot of stuff in it but we got a lot to get to today justin how are you doing Bobby, I think every single person named Randy should just subscribe to the Patreon, and that should be the only people that subscribe to the Patreon. Let's just get a all this like week. 20, 20 runs, uh, twenty runs of uh, Randy's going. I would love that. I bet we will get a Randy this week. It's like you know what? It's a sign that uh, I need to join. All right, just how are you doing? I mean, we'll get into the Ryan Conley real quick, but anything you want to get off your chest before we get rolling? Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. Um, one more week of me laboring in the sun before I go full-time with this. So how about that? Mm. I'll become a snobby member of the media. In about a week, I'm going to become very snobby, and I'm going to be a huge media douche. I'm also very excited that anytime we make any kind of transactional move that involves us picking up a former Dolphin, I thought to myself, I've watched too much Dolphins tape this offseason, so... I'm happy that that's going to be over come next Monday, and I actually get to watch full Giants again, I can't, which is I nice. Really, I really can't wait. We this is game this is game week. So, but let's get into it. The 53 man roster, and Justin, we've got to start with Ryan Conley, which was an absolute surprise, Justin. And the bigger surprise to me is that people are like not as upset about this. I get if your nature is to not just be upset about it, then that's fine. But Justin, you know, I I said it. I'm not a guy who gets outraged, even when I do disagree with things. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be like, be like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Usually, I'm like, you know what? I'm not there. I don't see what's going on. But with this, Justin, I've been. I'm. I'm ticked off by this. Ryan Conley, he only the whole like small sample size with him. And by the way, feel free to interrupt me because I have a page full of notes. And I could just go and not and just stop non-talk. So feel well, free here's to interrupt one me thing, as we go. Here's one thing about the small sample size. Because a lot of people in my mentions today, and we'll get into it. In just case you didn't know, Ryan Conley was cut. Big shocker. <laughs> you know, Bobby and I, we were putting together our 53-man rosters. We were texting each other. We were like, I want to have like a shocker who's going to be cut, but we just don't know. Well, lo and behold, it was certainly a shocker. But the whole thing where people have been critiquing both of us and our and are being upset about Ryan Conley being cut. Oh, well, he only played three games. Well, Bobby, think about Ryan Conley's rookie season. Number one, he has impressive college tape. I don't care if he was drafted in the fifth round. He has impressive college tape. Speaks for itself. Number two, rose above the entire depth chart in 2019, where literally Tay Davis and B.J. Goodson were cut 
They were cut and they were, or PJ Goodson was traded. They were not on the football team because they felt confident in Ryan Conley. And then also with a coaching yes. staff that was not quick to put rookies in. I mean, no. Dexter Lawrence, the critique after week one is he didn't get enough snaps here. DeAndre Baker didn't start week one. Daniel Jones didn't start till week three. Julian Love, we didn't see until he was forced in there. Um, so it wasn't like this team, this coaching staff was quick to throw rookies in there. I mean, even right. Slayton, when he came in, uh, you know, there was injuries in that game. Uh, Latimer was out. There was no tape, but like they weren't like forcing him in. It was just kind of like he had to play because that's who was there. Right. Um, but so, I think the whole point that people had about, hey, well, it's only three games. Why are you acting like this guy is a big deal only three games in? That's not necessarily the point. It wasn't just three games. There was more context to why we were excited about Ryan Conley. And so like keep you going said, with your point. he showed it at Wisconsin. And my thing going into 2019, it's like, hey, what he showed at Wisconsin is great. But that kind of like playing style of playing that speed and aggressiveness, the NFL has a way of taking away people's aggressiveness and confidence. But that, it translated immediately in the preseason. Like you said, then he moved into the starting role. And when he was in the starting role, I mean, in three games, he had 20 tackles, two interceptions, a sack, two tackles for a loss, QB hits, two passes defended. That's awesome stats for three games at an inside linebacker spot that the Giants have not had a playmaker there since Antonio Pierce. Since Antonio we, Pierce, we have not had a playmaker there. We actually got a fun stat from listener Brian Quigley who said, went up and looked Giants linebackers redrafted that at any time with Big Blue had two interceptions and a sack in a full season, went all the way back to Jesse Armstead. You're talking about rookie linebackers? I'm guessing I'm guessing. Yeah, because Al Gogutri had that. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, he flashed and he showed good stuff. And there's a reason why it was such a surprise. It's because of that, Justin. And the thing, is, the, the defense has been, well, guess what? He was injured. And you know what? We're not there. So maybe he looks slow after the injury. That, to me, is the reason why you don't cut him. It's because he's clearly hurt. And we've seen what he can do and what he's flashed. I mean, two days ago, we were talking about how this guy was a steal of the draft and a huge part of this team on a team that needed inside linebackers. We haven't had anything inspiring at the inside linebacker spot since Antonio Pierce. Ryan Connolly's play was inspiring. That's why we were heartbroken when the guy tore his ACL. So the fact that he like he wasn't coming back, like he wasn't looking great right away or was missing practices, that makes me want to keep him on the team more. Because clearly what you're seeing, if he's not playing as well, he's not himself. And Justin, you make the point about guys coming back from ACLs that sometimes it's year two. You talk about it in your PPP. We've seen it with a guy like Marcus Golden, who had you know 10 plus sacks, uh, tears his ACL, has a year where he's not great, and then comes back with us and does what he did. He was a playmaker for us. And Justin... Like the, it's like, okay, well, we can't afford to wait on guys. Yes, we can. We flat out can. Justin, we have six defensive tackles. Six defensive tackles. And not just because it's just six defensive tackles. Let's think about it. Leonard Williams has $16 million invested in him. I think we're going to try and play him as much as possible. Dexter Lawrence, first round pick. I think we're going to try and play him as much as possible. Dalvin Thompson. Only saw 55% of the snaps. Dalvin Tomlinson only saw 55% of the snaps. And he was arguably our best defensive tackle last year. Exactly. So the fact that we kept six of those guys when one of them, who you can argue is the best, only saw 55% head-scratching. BJ Hill, a third-round pick who we like. Who The issue with BJ Hill is that he's been lost on the rotation because of the three guys ahead of him. And he's number four. And I believe in keeping five. I liked RJ McIntosh. Um, some people like Austin Johnson. Uh, I would have rather had R.J. McIntosh than Austin Johnson. 
but to keep both of them, please, as a guy who really likes RJ McIntosh, just get rid of RJ McIntosh to keep Ryan Connolly. Please get rid of RJ McIntosh to keep Ryan Connolly. We have four tight ends. We have Evan Ingram, who's supposed to be a dude like a dude this year. Caden Smith, who we have all like the confidence in the world that he can grow. Levine Toilolo, who is an established blocking tight end. So what do we need Eric Tomlinson for? Now I'm not going to complain that Eric Tomlinson is on the roster, but I will when Ryan Connolly's not on the <laughs> roster. So the issue, the thing that's like, oh well, he uh, was coming back slow and we're not there. Yeah. That doesn't change any part of my opinion. If anything, it just makes it stronger, Justin. Bobby, week five of last year, Ryan Conley tore his ACL against the Minnesota Vikings. Hasn't even been a year. Has not even been a full season where Ryan Conley has still, you know, tore that ACL and he hasn't even had a full year worth of recovery. So you want to know what? And I'm, you know, going to basically paraphrase what you said. I'm not going to expect him to be full speed. And Bobby, are we not a rebuilding team? Are we not a rebuilding team that is looking for long-term answers and long-term talent at positions of need? So I don't get this argument where people online are saying, oh, the Giants are a rebuilding team. You got to trust the process. You got to trust this. You got to trust that. Rebuilding team. But then when you're justifying why Ryan Conley is cut, oh, he just he's not going to perform now. He's not going to perform now for Joe Judge and this football team. But, uh, you know, and then even, you know, obviously we can point to this position. You would rather have Eric Tomlinson lost to waivers or Austin Johnson lost to waivers instead of Ryan Conley. But even just looking at the positional group as a whole, I would rather have an uninspiring Ryan Conley in 2020 struggling to coming back, coming back from an ACL who I know is going to hopefully be ready to rock and roll and pop off in 2021. Nobody can answer that question, by the way, but the, but the data does show that once you are coming back into that second year, you're going to be ready to rock and roll. That's what the data does show. And that's what we do know. You don't know whether he's going to come back fully or not come back fully. But Bobby, even just looking at the interior linebacker depth chart itself right now, I would rather have an uninspired Ryan Conley in 2020 than TJ Brunson. Yeah. TJ Brunson, you know, we tried and people were like calling us negative Nancy's. We try to be positive, especially when it comes to like draft picks like TJ Brunson. Do you realize how hard it was to find a positive clip of that guy? I'm serious. I went through three games. I found one clip where he had, he like showed aggressiveness. He's slow. He doesn't really do anything in coverage. He's uninspiring. In fact, I was, he's so uninspiring that I'm bothered that the Giants took him over Tay Crowder. I like Tay Crowder a lot, in which we'll, we'll talk about that. If it was like, hey, we got to keep Tay Crowder or an ACL Ryan Connolly and they went Tay Crowder, I would be like, okay, you know what? I understand that. They don't trust right. that he's going to come back. But there's ways, there was ways to keep Connolly on the roster. And it's not like you even keep all your guys active on game day anyway. So they could have kept them unactive um and i've heard like the well they kept injured david mail they're paying david mail on the ir okay and they and they did that today and justin then we heard no one's going to claim a guy coming off the acl wrong the minnesota vikings who have a really good defense claimed him and justin i i had this thought like 20 minutes before we recorded who played us after the game where ryan Conley got hurt he got hurt against washington the Minnesota Vikings played us. So you know what that yeah. means? They were preparing for the New York Giants, and they watched three games of film before that game and said, this Ryan Conley dude can play. They were probably like, I'm glad we're not playing this dude this week. Like, he's the perfect guy to stop an outside zone Dalvin Cook kind of guy. This dude can play, and they claimed him. And it's not like they're hurting for linebackers, Justin. I mean, they have uh, Anthony Barr, Kendricks, 
Uh, Troy Dye, who uh, they drafted him out of Oregon, a guy we like. Eric Wilson, who you know only played like 33% of the snaps, but had production when he played. And the Vikings had like the record for draft picks. Okay, if they wanted TJ Brunson, they would have got TJ Brunson. <laughs> they had a record amount of draft picks. I think it was like 14 or something like that. Like we had 10, and we thought that was a lot. So it's not like they're that. And the Vikings are the very same team that cut Devontae Downs. That's had him in through two camps and didn't want him. And Mike Zimmer is a great talent, is a great scout for defensive talent. Okay. You may not like him as a head coach, but for defensive talent, I mean, he has put, just kept on putting talent on that defense. Even when they've lost guys, he's put talent on that defense. And I trust Mike Zimmer as a defensive coach. I talked to um, my buddy who, you know, does some college stuff and he's a Vikings fan. He's like, I can't believe you guys let this guy go. And we, we actually had talked about, cause I guess he does some kind of, keeper league with defensive players and he like asked me like hey is Conley healthy I want to I want to take him um so crazy that they did that so and then the art like the like well Devontae Downs um clearly had a better camp the same people that are telling us that we're not there are telling us that Devontae Downs had a better camp I mean did we hear anything about like some crazy plays Downs had we all that we heard from the beat reporters Justin is that Hey, credit to this guy. They obviously believe in him because they're playing with the starters. But I didn't. We never heard about plays where Devontae Downs is blowing up. And I hope Devontae Downs does. And maybe he does make a job. I'm not saying that he couldn't. And that doesn't even really make a difference if we keep Conley or not. So, but Bobby, it's not just about. It's not. It. It's not just about 2020 though. It's not just about 2020. What you signed Devontae Downs from the Minnesota Vikings? What he's going to be here for a year. The whole point of drafting and having good quality draft picks is that they're here for the next four years and they're cheap. So it's about giving up on talent. That's why the Ryan Conley release is so frustrating, at least to me. That's my big point. I don't have, I don't, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but really what it boils down to is the Giants are a rebuilding team and they just gave up on a talented football player. I agree. You don't give up on talent. Save me it's the only three games. Save me I'm coming off the torn ACL. Save me that he's barely participated in camp. Again, week five of the 2019 season, he tore his ACL. I'm not going to expect him to be out. Oh, no, I thought it was week five because it was... Uh, he didn't play the, against the, Minnesota. I thought he did play against Minnesota. So it was week four. My apologies. So, okay. Um, one week off. I apologize. But sa save me all of that. The Giants gave up on a talented football player. That is what we know. We don't say, well, you don't know this, you don't know that, you don't know that. We know, based off of his college tape, he rose above the depth chart, his preseason last year, and his three games. We have all of that sample size, not a ton, but more than your observation that you have, if you're listening to this, more of the observation that you have and what you know about Giants camp this year. The Giants gave up on a talented player on a rebuilding team. On a rebuilding team that only has Blake Martinez guaranteed for the next two years. And then after that, what do we have an interior linebacker? We have Tay Crowder, Cam Brown, who's arguably an edge rusher, and TJ Brunson. Right. Yippee! All seventh round and sixth round picks. Yeehaw! So I think we've gotten off our chest why we disagree with it. So now let's talk about why it's not wrong to disagree with it. I didn't really want to do this because it's like then we're reacting to Twitter and stuff. And it's like not all our listeners like have Twitter or even social media. Like we bring in listeners from Instagram, Facebook, and some don't have any, you know. Um, well, I mean, one of our favorite guys said he's like, hey, Twitter's too toxic. I'm not staying. I'm not going on there anymore. Um, because if you're if you're listening to this for your first time, and I think some people will because they've seen our reaction. They're like, man, these guys are just whiners and they're negative. We get called out for being too positive. Like we get called homers all the time. We try to look things at, at a, on, in a positive light for the most part, Justin. And especially like when, even when we do disagree with things, 
you don't hear us like whining and complaining. I mean, there, there's been times where they've done things we've disagreed with and we don't whine and complain. The last time I was this mad on social media was Janoris Jenkins being cut and we didn't get anything in return for him. That was the last time. And, I'm, you know, we're not going to revisit that whole thing. Yeah. And so I was very pissed off because, you know what? I feel like we've proven ourselves to be hardworking, to be reasonable. And I, I honestly, I felt like a politician the past two days. I felt like a politician to where everyone was like, you know what? This guy speaks truth. I like what he says. I like what he says. And then I agreed with one thing from the other side of the aisle. And they're like, oh, this guy, he's a fake. He's a phony, blah, blah. That's, that's what I felt like the last two days. I felt like, have I not proven that I'm not a whiner and a complainer? And we'll get to reasons why it's okay to compl- like say these things. But I just, I was pissed off. I, I just felt like a politician. And I get our loyal people aren't like that. But you know what? The numbers we've been bringing in, there were people that listened to this regularly and, and treated us like we're idiots. Like, like we don't try to be positive and act realistic all the time. Like that's what we try and like try ourselves pride ourselves on we pride ourselves on not being clickbait okay there's been times where it's like oh you could do like that's why we don't write like clickbait articles or anything so it's it's aggravating <laughs> yeah uh, bobby we're fans at at the end of the day we're we're fans but i will say this was the first time in a while myself that i've been critical of the team and i've seen names and i've seen people and faces or lack of faces and twitter handles that have popped up in my mentions that I've never seen before. And they've been acting like that I've been criticizing the team for a very long time. When granted, Bobby, uh, some people may not even know this, because I try to play it cool and I'm not going to just shove it in your face. Uh, I disagree with the Saquon Barkley pick. I still disagree with it. And I think we held on to Eli Manning longer than we should have. But am I saying that every single week, every single episode, and, and whenever I can? No, because I'm trying to play it cool because that's reasonable. <laughs> you're muted we're, Bob. sorry we're trying to be reasonable and the thing that people have been repeating over to us we realize that we're not in the building we don't understand things like uh we had a conversation about like grant haley two weeks ago and we're like man we should play a safety but it's like at the end of the day it's like we don't know what like what's going on oh we and also bobby did he not play safety he did he, did. he actually so we did were, before we were, he got cut we were right on that <laughs> um but let me say one more thing about that and then we'll move on. We'll move on to some other stuff. Well, no, I, I have like five more bullet points. So we're okay, not we'll, on. Hold, we'll hold on. But before, just, just about like Twitter, social media and everything like that. I don't like being criticized of, oh, we just have to wait and see. Do you know how boring our show would be and ourselves as personalities? And even again, we're fans. You know how boring we would be as fans who talk about the Giants if we just sat here with our hands under our butts and our hands under our asses and we just said, oh, we're just going to wait and see for what happens. You know how boring this show would be? And sometimes so- we are boring like that because we do like play that. I mean, I got I caught so much heat from Pat Sherman. Like, for example, Hal Hunter, the offensive line coach last year. I got so much heat because I was like, hey, I don't know what Hal Hunter's doing. Like, I, I you know. Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach, you can criticize in-game decisions. But an offensive line coach, like, how am I supposed like, – I don't know what to criticize. I'm not seeing what he's doing wrong. So, it's hard, like, I can see that things are happening bad on the field. But And people are like, oh, you, you're, you're defending this guy? Same with things with Shermer. So, it's like, we're, we're not the people that are just looking to go and complain. So, here's a few things I heard. One is Carter Coffin is a, is a – is a, is a, he's a similar type player. He doesn't play the same position. Carter Coffin is an edge rusher. Um, 
So that there's one that bothered me. Another thing, not like he's Lawrence Taylor. You guys are acting like we're cutting a Lawrence Taylor. It's like, no, we're acting like we're cutting a guy with a lot of promise who everybody in the fan base, fan, fan base loved two weeks ago. Okay, like what if we, I can imagine if we cut Darius Slayton, like he's a fifth rounder. He had a hamstring injury last year. It's not like he's going to have all those touchdowns every year. It's a small sample size. It's not like this guy is Larry Fitzgerald. Like would we, would we do that for Darius Slayton? Because you no. could make similar arguments. Or if Slayton gets hurt this, if say if Slayton gets hurt this season, God forbid, will we, will we have the same view? Because I'm not going to give up on Darius Slayton after one year. And maybe he doesn't come back, but I'm not going to give up after one year. I'm going to hold on to a talent. Uh, and people will see how reasonable we are when we start talking about Corey Coleman because people freaked out about Coleman. We didn't. And then the whole, like, trust Joe Judge. I do trust Joe Judge. But here's the thing. Do you think Joe Judge is not going to make any mistakes this year? I've loved what Joe Judge has done. But he's going to make a mistake. Like, he will make a mistake this year. And that doesn't mean he's bad because there's no – like, Bill Belichick makes mistakes every year. He will make a mistake this year. And the similar argument is the one I'm hearing – is the same that you argument you could have made for when Curtis Riley was kept over Darian uh, Thompson or Adams. It's it's the same exact argument. Okay, it's so the fact that I'm just disagreeing before we know in concrete what's going to happen. I just feel like I feel like it's okay. Like I believe in this guy. I don't want to change my opinion on him because he was cut. I I had a lot of problems for this guy. Um, and no, do I think he's going to be the next Lawrence Taylor? No. But could he have been the best Giants linebacker in the last ten, in the next ten years? Absolutely. Find me an, a linebacker who played uh, as aggressive as he did, as instinctual as he did since Antonio Pierce. You really, we talked about this on his PPP. No one disagreed with us then. You can't find one, and it's not to say that, and it's more a hit on the Giants than it is. But people are like, well, <laughs> well, the Giants are never going to find a, a good inside linebacker. It's like, well, we haven't, we haven't. Now I got hope for Tay Crowder. I think Blake Martinez is a good player. Um, and the, like when there's times where we disagree, like Julian Love, I thought he was going to play corner. You don't see me whining that Julian Love's not going to play corner. I'm like, you know what? They view him as a safety. I'm not a coach. They view him as a safety. Let him play safety. Uh, Blake Martinez, neither one of us was like go out and sign Blake Martinez or any of those inside linebackers that had big contract. I said to not sign Blake Martinez. <laughs> yeah, but you don't, you didn't hear us like whining like how dare they sign someone we like disagree, we disagree with. Like no, we went. No, we, we found the positives as a player. We said, hey, look, he's a good player. I may not agree on giving a big contract to an inside linebacker. I'd rather have that money elsewhere, but I get it. I'm not going to show up whining. So the the character attack we've taken the last two days has been nuts. Because it's like, we get called homers. That's our biggest, my biggest critique is that I'm too positive. So just know that when I am negative every once in a while, it's kind of deserved. Like, I'm not just doing it to just be like a negative Nancy, okay? Like, I get that there's people like that, and they're annoying. Like, I, I admit, those people who are always negative or annoying. But don't come at us and say we're just, you know, overreacting. Um, so it, it's it's been aggravating. I feel like we need to move on, though. We're going to see Curtis Riley week one. No, they, the Steelers ended up cut. He made the 53-man, but he, he um he, I guess he got cut today. Oh, no. <laughs> so upset. <laughs> um, I am upset. I wanted to face him week one. <laughs> um, so, like I said, I trust Joe Judge. But I don't think he's going to be perfect, okay? And so I, I disagreed with this decision. Doesn't mean I. Oh, think but also Joe one Judge more thing failure. on that. One more thing on that. Um, All right, we're like twenty minutes in, so we got to go. Quick. I know, I know. But also here, here you want you want reasonable. Stop, stop talking about us, Bobby. We're, we're we're great. You want reasonable in terms of putting this on Joe Judge, and you want hey hey we're not in the building. You want to you want to we're not in the building. Take. 
Everybody thought that that Marcus Golden franchise tender was all Joe Judge, all Joe Judge is a cap visionary, blah, blah, blah. Comes out that it's Kevin Abrams. So I'm a person that really does believe in the Giants hierarchical structure where I really do think the owner, he's going to have say on literally everything. The general manager, he's going to be the guy that's going to do the player personnel and the coach is going to be the guy that's going to coach. And I really don't know how much intersection there is between the GM and the coach. Yeah. Um, so I believe in that. So I people are saying Joe Judge, Joe Judge, Joe Judge. Well, I do we think coach had more of an impact had. on cutdowns than this. But I do agree. This was a just like there was no like cutting Connolly is not the same as cutting isn't the same as cutting like um jaron williams um and that was the thing is this was a surprise like the beat reporters who were there none of them like you know they said miss but the beat reporters were like looking for someone to be like this would be my surprise cut they were saying like bj hill and like Corey ballantyne who like to me like no way they get cut so not a single person said ryan connelly is gonna be cut so this is a huge surprise okay like the beat reporters who were there every day not one of them hinted that Connolly would be cut. I mean, we had Rosenblatt on on Friday who said he looked good. And, and Joe Judd said he looked healthy, but that's also coach talk, so I'm not going to get into yeah. that. Can we move on? Can we move on? Yeah. Well, it's been 20 minutes. All right, let's move on because yeah. the Giants did a lot of other stuff. It's cut down day. This one was um, not as controversial, but still controversial. Uh, the Giants made three claims, which we'll get to. We'll, we'll start with Corey Coleman was cut along with Sean Chandler waived. Um, this, this was to make room for uh the three the three waiver wire editions justin me and you like coleman um he's definitely got talent we thought he was gonna be number four wide receiver especially when sills went down and then he made the roster but this is a decision where it's like hey the coaches are there and as much as we like the talent that coleman was coming out of college like he hasn't done it on the nfl field yet you know what i'm saying and like so that is why I'm not mad about this. It's because Coleman hasn't proven much. And then we'll talk about the receiver, Damian Ratley. Like, he's shown just as much, if not more, than what Corey Coleman has, especially especially in the last two years. Yeah, he has shown more in the last two years. And that's no, you know, no fault of Corey Coleman. I'm not gonna fault the guy for tearing his ACL. But hey, you know, if you want to have the take about Ryan Conley about showing production, right? <laughs> you know, this guy Ratley has actually showed more production over over the last two seasons than Corey Coleman has. So yeah. I'm disappointed with Corey like I'm disappointed that that ended. You know, former first round pick, ton of talent, ton of production that he put up in college. You know, we got him off the you know the scrap heap for the Cleveland Browns. We thought that we could turn this kid around, and we thought that that he can be something. We thought that maybe he can be a wide receiver three last year, but with good drafting now, I think having Darius Slayton here for four years on a cheap rookie deal that's going to be more valuable than maybe having to you know re-sign Corey Coleman to a decent amount of de- decent amount of money. So there you go. That's another benefit of good yeah. drafting. So. For wide receiver four, I'm not banging my head against the table. Wide receiver four is a very replaceable position. Wide receiver as a whole is also a pretty replaceable position as well. It's hard to replace very good players at the position, but you know, if, if Golden Tate is going to go down this year, I'm not going to really be banging my head against the table because I know that we're going to have somebody that's going to come up and he's going to be able to catch some balls. And... This guy Ratley hasn't had a drop in the last two years, so that's I think that's pretty cool. We yeah. can get into him as a player. Do you have more on Corey Coleman? Yeah, I mean it just it it sucks because you know he is a hell of a talent, and it's, it's sad that he hasn't produced anything. Um, and it seemed like he was having a good camp. I mean, he um he led the scrimmage, the first scrimmage in yards and catches. Um, maybe he ends up back. I I doubt at this point. Uh, but let's talk about Damian Ratley. So we'll go. Let's go through the waivers real quick. Damian Ratley 
we don't have to go real quick, but six foot two, 200 pounds, 25 years old, was taken in the sixth round of the 2018 draft. Uh, spent the last two years with the Browns. This last season, he had 12 catches, 200 yards, and a touchdown. The year before, he had 13 catches, 144 yards. Um, that year, he had 12% of the snaps. This past season, he had 20% of the snaps. Justin, um, you know, I only watched one game of his, Week 17, uh, where he did have a touchdown that game. He's got good speed. He can burn a little bit. I, I, you know, when Before Coleman was cut, I was like, hey, there's no reason why this guy can't go and be the guy behind Coleman. Um, and obviously, the Giants viewed him higher than they did uh, Coleman. And obviously, and Freddie Kitchens, who is in the building, has the experience with him the past two seasons. He has some yards after the catch ability. He's got some yak ability. Um, averaged around 15 yards per catch in 2019, which I always like to have a big play guy, big play guy coming in here. 50% catch rate, but the fact that he has not had a single drop ball in the last two years, I'm not going absolutely crazy over the low catch rate. As if a guy's not dropping the ball, uh, you know, hey, scheme, whatever, whatever. I watched some highlights. There were some highlight uh, clips on YouTube, and I just basically put them all together to form a minute video on him. Uh, Bobby, I liked him. I thought he kind of utilized the route tree a little bit. Largely an outside wide receiver, so if Golden Tate's status is in jeopardy for week one, which... I know he could be back. I know he could be getting back up to full speed. But regardless, hamstring injuries in the summer scare me. If you're a running back, wide receiver, or just a player that really has to run a lot, hamstring injuries are scaring me. Bobby, I feel decently good about Ratley going out there and doing a job and being all right for us on the outside. If one of these guys, Shep, Tate, if they if one of those guys goes down. Yeah, Shep probably would move back to the slot like he did to start last season. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as, look, I guess this can talk about a wide receiver position as a whole. Obviously, the three undrafted free agents who we liked um, all are on the practice squad. Austin Mack, Benjamin Victor, and Derek Dillon, as well as Alex Bachman, who everyone said had an impressive camp. And, you know, I think both me and you, I had him on my like my 53-man prediction. So, with guys being able to move up and down from the practice squad this year, I, I expect one of those guys to get PT this year. We said it going into camp, like, hey, like one of those guys has to stand out. Clearly, um, one of the you know one of the the three from this year didn't. Still seemed to be the guy standing out, and he broke his foot, which sucks because I just I wanted to see him out and play. Um, so those guys, I I think it's confident to say that they'll get some run this year. Hopefully, it's not much. Hopefully, we don't have any injuries. But I do think some one of those guys from the practice squad will get run, whether it's Bachman, Mac, Victor, or, or uh, Dylan. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think a lot of people were concerned at first. The fact that they only brought back five wide receivers, and especially, I was pri- I was kind of privately concerned about that. But, you know, still you got to wait for. Just I'm a the six wide wire. receiver guy too. But also, you needed that extra guy because you don't know. St- I, at least I, you know, we don't know as fans Tate's status for Week One and hamstring injuries. They absolutely scare the bejesus out of me. Yeah, but with with the new camp rules, with the new rules. You can protect like four practice squad players and you can move them up and down without like, you know, having them subject to waivers. So, and that changes, that goes from week to week. So it could be Bachman and Mac one week and it could be Victor and Dylan the next week of who they move up um, without having to subject them to waivers. So that, that makes, I think that had something to do with putting those guys on practice squads. Like, you know what, we can bring them up and down. And I think that's why they went five wide receivers is because of that ability to bring them up and down. It's like we got a triple A farm farm system now. Yeah, we it's the alternate squad. Um, 
Next on the list, Adrian Colbert, six foot two, two hundred five pounds. Uh, he'll be twenty seven in a month. Uh, picked in the seventh round of the twenty seventeen draft. He's played with the 49ers. Last year, played with the Dolphins. Justin got a good amount of running. Uh, yeah, I went and watched his week seventeen game against the Patriots. I know you watched another game of him. Um, he obviously has that familiar with Patrick Graham. He plays deep safety, like a true deep safety. So he's not a guy who's going to come up and fill the alley and make tackles. Like he plays deep safety. And actually has like some good speed and decent range, um, to where if he's if he's back there, I'm confident. Like I'm not I'm not like worried about him. Whereas like Antoine Bethea is like blah blah. Now he could come out and suck, and that would all change. So I think he'll be the main backup, especially with Ch- Chandler moving down, uh, or Chandler being waived. So I think what happens is if Peppers get hurt, Peppers gets hurt, you move Love to the strong safety spot. And then Colbert goes in free safety, and obviously, if Love goes out, they move Colbert to free safety. Um, and I think we're gonna. Cont- I think he will get on the field with some free safety looks, and I think they'll have like, you know, either Pepper, either have Love and, and him deep, or just have him deep and have Love and Peppers both down. I think Graham is gonna have some fun with that safety spot, where we were kind of worried about it when Hardage gets cut, and it's like we're not gonna, we don't have the personnel to do any free safety stuff. Yeah, Montre Hardage. I thought that was a surprise cut but went but with Adrian Colbert coming in I and I say Montre Hardage is, is a surprise cut just because he had the familiarity and we saw that he was getting a ton a ton a ton of reps in those scrimmages um so that was a little bit surprising but the fact that they bring a- Adrian Colbert in Bobby and I'm gonna watch more because right now I'm I'm high on that signing I really am because I've said this over and over again this offseason about how I'm very scared about we don't have a single high deep center field safety on this team. Jabril Peppers has the athleticism. We believe that Julian Love can do it, but their strengths, that's not where their strengths are. And this and the whole point, I think, of this Joe Judge coaching staff is what are these guys' strengths and how can we maximize those strengths? Adrian Colbert, I watched a half of, of the um the Dolphins Giants game. And then I kind of got tired of it because I'm like, well, Eli Manning's not really going to stretch the field. So <laughs> there wasn't really much for a single high safety that he can do. However, there was one play that went down the left sideline going towards Darius Slayton. And Eli Manning actually drops back. And within three seconds, he's launching a ball deep down the left sideline because there's pre- there's pressure in his face. But Colbert is reading that immediately. He's doing his backdrop and he's stepping back. But then as soon as he sees Eli's eyes, as soon as he sees the ball starting to move, he's going. And he's flying. Very tough to make plays at a single high free safety spot. It's very tough, especially when you're. That was a great throw on, by Eli. I remember. I remember sharing that clip. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, Slayton should have caught it. There might have even been pi. So, well, yeah, it was yeah, Eli. Eli did have some nice throws down the left sideline to Slayton. Even in, I just even miss Eli. Like it's just hitting me. Yeah. Like, I'm. Almost, I might start crying. Like it just hit me. Like we're going into a year without Eli. This is the first game week without right. Eli in a long Focus. time. Focus. Focus, Adrian Colbert. Adrian Colbert. <laughs> he was Eli. so. Think of this. He was on. He was literally on the fifty-yard line by the NFL logo. Adrian Colbert has to run all the way to the opposite sideline to make a play about maybe thirty yards downfield. And while he doesn't actually make a play on the football, he's right there. And if Darius Slayton finds a way to maybe make that catch, he's right there to deliver a blow. He's right there to deliver a forearm. You know, even if Darius Slayton hears footsteps, he might drop that ball because he's scared of a hit. So that was some good plays. And I, so I put on another game because I was like, well, Eli's wasn't really airing the ball out that game. So I put on the Eagles game and right from the start. Adrian Colbert makes a really nice play in the first quarter. Uh, they were in 12 personnel, Philadelphia was, and they were in the red zone. Two tight ends to the left, uh, a wide, a couple wide, two wide receivers to the right. 
there's a tight end that's basically running a there were almost one was running a post and the other one was running running a vertical to the right to the right side of the end zone. Linebacker mess, messes up. Linebacker misses his assignment. So Colbert, his eyes are on the quarterback, but he's sensing that the linebacker made a mistake. He's staying with that one tight end that's running right towards him. So then Wentz is able to read, oh, even though the linebacker made a mistake, that tight end isn't open. So then therefore, once he sees that Wentz's eyes is going to go to the other tight end who's running a post, who's being covered by a cornerback, Colbert's going to go and make a play on the football, make a play. And it was it was really, really good. I've liked his instincts. I've liked the way that he's react. He, he's reacted to some plays. Um, and I'm going to watch more because I'm really excited for his potential because he is a single high free safety and we don't have that guy on our team right now. He's going to he's definitely going to get some run this year. Um, next on the claim list, Jackson uh, Barton, six foot seven, 310 pounds, 25 years old, seventh round pick in 2019. Um, Justin, I watched like two minutes of film and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm not doing it. They cut Chad Slade for him. Um, I'm fine with it. Uh, I went and looked at his combine stuff. Shuttle 466 would have been second in the tackle class. And I always say that's the most important speed measurement for offensive linemen is the 20 yard shuttle. It would have been second in the offensive tackles tied with, uh, our boy, Andrew Thomas. So that's how, you know, he's going to be good. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe I'll watch some preseason chiefs from last year, but, uh, I'm, I'm not going to go too crazy on the fourth offensive tackle. I like how they brought in another tackle, you know, because Matt Parrott being the only backup tackle, you know, Fleming goes down or Thomas goes down. I like that. But also, I think this is the next thing that we have to talk about. Spencer Pulley. Spencer Pulley is still on the team, and we thought that that was clear as day, that the writing was on the wall, that Jalapio was going to be the backup and Spencer Pulley was going to be gone. And we thought that we were going to be smart and save the money and try to roll over some money for the cap next year. So what are you? where were you on that? I think Judge clearly thought Pulley was better, and I think that was what his selling point was when they were doing it. It's like, hey, I think he's the better player, and I don't want to... I don't want to cut the better player to save $2 million. I think that's what it was. And good on Halapio. I, I hope I do root for Halapio. Obviously, he's not good. I thought he'd be a solid backup, but he you know, he didn't want to do the practice squad thing. I don't, I don't blame him. I wouldn't want to be a third string center either. But I, I really think that I think that's what went down is, is judges like, hey, Pulley's the better player. I want Pulley. So um, it's, hard to, it's hard to argue with that, even though we would have liked to save $2 million. But it is what it is. Um, yeah. You know, if Gates were to go down, I think we'd like to have the better player. So uh, I'm I'm okay with that. Let's just hope Gates doesn't go down. So that on the offensive line, we talked about defensive tackle with Ryan Connolly. That's kind of crazy. Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin, I believe they were kept solely because they didn't want to uh, expose them to waivers. You know, you know what I'm saying? Hey. You can make the same argument with, I guess, TJ. <laughs> we're not we're not going back on that. We're not going. We're not doing that all over again. <laughs> We not, we're not doing that all over again i'm gonna clip um, that noise the real tragic uh tragedy tragedy which someone said it'd be funny if we did like everyone's like expecting this show because we've been you know uh crying online if we just came out and did the first 10 15 minutes i'm like how did they cut alex tanny um they cut alex tanny cooper rush only two QBs, which I'm a big fan of two QBs. Yeah. Cooper Rush stays with the practice squad, so he's he's the emergency backup still. We are going to miss Alex Tanny. Got a couple people that bought the shirt. Um, go buy the Alex Tanny the GOAT shirt. Uh, uh, Giants all-time leading completion percentage. Like I said, it's just, it was supposed to be a day of having some fun with that, and then the Ryan Connolly news within 20 minutes totally ruined all that fun. I mean, I made a breakdown video on Alex Tanny. It was supposed to be good fun, and the Connolly news just came and was like, yeah, thought you're gonna have fun today. Yeah, right, buddy. 
Joe Judge is not a fan of fun. We we know this. Well, he died. He dove on the football. I mean, that, that was it. Fun. That was I'm surprised it. No one most... made a meme about me with that. I mean, that's very bad. Bad content on uh on the followers was a very good idea for for a meme. So we will miss you, Alex Tanny, and uh, hopefully hopefully we'll talk soon. Maybe maybe yeah. we will talk soon. Um, we gonna talk about corner. I mean, to me, I don't think. I mean, it's it's what we expected. It actually is exactly what I I got the depth chart exactly correct with uh, Brandon Williams idiom and then the yeah thank you thank you it's the one it's the only thing I've gotten correct in my life um I however I'm technically wrong because I said well I think there's going to be a lot of movement so I thought that I was going to be wrong but me thinking that I'm I was going to be wrong I was actually right there may be some movement I I I'm not willing to say that that is set in stone at corner yet so that's our take wait until. We record either tomorrow or Tuesday. Yeah, if we might not or even Wednesday. do any of those. Um, so I mean, do we do we have anything else? I mean, we've spent. I mean, what, what are we? At? We're at forty two minutes. So I mean, we're we're good to go. Um, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I we kind of hit on everything. Obviously, the like if this is your first time listening, you know, we're not like some shows where it's just you know moaning the whole time. But the Connolly stuff, we had to set some stuff straight, and I just heard so many bad arguments for it. Um. And then, oh, we missed one. People said it was he didn't fit the scheme. Uh, that's a bad argument. Conley fits any scheme. Um, you know, if they're trying to play him an outside linebacker as a pass rusher, yeah, maybe you couldn't argue that. But that's not what they were trying. Show to, us, uh, show us any other giant content creators that have talked about Patrick Graham's scheme and Patrick Graham's defense and what he could or what he could not do more than us. So, <laughs> all right, let's let's not pat ourselves on the back. Sorry, we did a little bit of patting ourselves on the back today. I'm sorry. Um, but it, it was needed, okay, because people started coming at us, and it felt good, though. Like, it felt good to let the claws out. I hadn't let the claws out in a while. And it was funny going into this year. It's like, social media is not going to bother me at all this year. No, nobody's going to say anything on Twitter that bothers me. I'm just going to let it roll off my back. Um, that didn't happen. And if you're mad that we spent 20-plus minutes on it, just know that is your fault. Because we would have just spent 5-10 minutes talking about why we disagree with it. But we did 20 minutes because everyone told us to stop whining. So... Uh, that that's your fault. All right, that's an episode. Uh, the next episode, if there is some big news or a lot of news, we'll try and do a Wednesday show because this was supposed to be a Tuesday show. We'll try and do that. But if not, the next show will be game day. This is the last regular different intro. We go back to our regular intro schedule. Um, so Friday will be a Pittsburgh Steelers preview. So get ready for it. it's game week. Ryan Connolly. It's behind us now. No more talking about it. It's game week. Let's go Giants. Let's go Joe Judge. Let's go New York Giants linebackers. Let's go Daniel Jones. Let's go beat the Steelers. And let's go Big Blue.